Hello everyone and welcome in to Net Sticks and Chill for another week. We have a full episode for you this week, unlike our shortened under-20s preview. Uh, there's just been a, there was a couple of issues that were going on that just prevented us from, from getting a full episode in last week, but we're back and we are better than ever. Um, well, it depends on who you ask, but, but we are back. So we'll get straight into it with the first period. Um, oh, sorry. Gordon, how are you this evening? I'm going great. How are you, Steve? Well, given I just completely butchered that, and I'm not going to edit this out because it's just comedy gold. Um, yeah, I'm going fantastic. Um, we'll jump straight into the first period now. In the A High HL this week, uh, we had a be- couple of very well. We had one tight game and a couple of blowouts uh, in a Melbourne derby on. Saturday night, it was the Melbourne Ice beating the uh, Mustangs 4-3 in overtime, while CBR Brave hosted Newcastle for a two-game swing on Saturday and Sunday, Saturday ending 9-3 in favour of the home side. And on Sunday, it was 8-2 in favour of the CBR Brave, uh, further extending their lead at the at the top of the table. While over in the PHL on Friday night, it was the Brisbane Rampage hosting the coast, and that was a 7-5 victory in favour of the home side. And then on Saturday, it was a 5-1 victory in favour of the Rampage against the coast as well. While the Melbourne Ducks hosted two games against the Adelaide Avalanche, that was uh, 6-2 in favour of the home side. On Saturday, while on Sunday, it was uh, the visitors sneaking out a 5-4 victory. Those results sealing first place uh, in the PHL for the Melbourne Ducks and ensuring they go straight through to the grand final, which, as we discussed a couple of weeks ago, will be in Melbourne at ISHQ. So home ice advantage in the in the three-game grand final for the Ducks, what was what was one thing you liked from the weekend's domestic action? Well, uh, I like the Melbourne Ice uh, defeating the Melbourne Mustangs. Uh, I believe it's the first overtime win of the season in the AIHL. So congratulations to the Melbourne Ice. They were, you know, pro- probably would be, uh, it would be fair to say they would be considered the underdogs. Uh, the Melbourne Mustangs are currently holding on to that last playoff uh, spot but um yeah the ice managed to leapfrog the sydney ice dogs uh, and are out of uh, last place as a result of that win melbourne derbies are, are always uh, a lot of fun yeah no derby games are always fun in every sport uh what was your thing not like from the weekend uh probably relates to both brisbane teams i think the, the brisbane rampage they um uh, there was a, a kind of questionable uh, hit that led to Kale, um, um, uh, an injury to to a, a player on the on the coast, um, and then there was a, another hit in the um, Brisbane Lightning Sydney Bears in an exhibition match, uh, a, a borderline hit, um, a, you know, that didn't result in an injury, but was you know probably had some uh, was was a bit poor. Uh, and the retaliation was that um, the Brisbane player uh, cross-checked Tommy Moncrief in the face. 
uh, broke his stick on his teeth and, uh, you know, led to him being injured. And the Sydney Bears uh, decided to to call off the match. Um, it's an exhibition game, no sense in, in players getting injured. But, you know, the referees really let the games get out of hand, um, which was which was sad to see. What about what did you like and not like, Stephen? Uh, I think my like was the CBR just absolutely extending their lead at the top of the table. Like we've seen, it's pretty much been neck and neck between uh, CBI and Newcastle at the top there. And for CBR to just extend the lead um, at the top there with just so much authority and doing it in absolute style, I think that I think that's like I think it's shown that um, you know CBR aren't aren't going to be afraid to to do what they need to do to win this year. And my not liked, it, it's, it was the same thing. Like, the, that was just, like, like, borderline hit, yeah, okay, drop the gloves, fight, and deal with it. You don't, you don't cross-check a guy in the head. Like, uh, look, w- w- we know everything that we know about concussions and head injuries and and the like. Like, if it's an accident, sure. Like, if it's a high stick to the head, look, accidents happen. You don't deliberately cross-check someone in the head. Like, if you want to do a cross-check, put it on the chest, put it on the numbers on the back. Like, the, not that I am encouraging, you know, goonish behavior, but there's ways to get your point across that don't result breaking your stick on a guy's face. Like, it's just, it, it, it when I saw the footage, um, earlier today because as as I mentioned off the top like there's been a lot of stuff going on like I've been so busy I didn't I didn't even know this happened until this morning like when I saw the footage this morning um I just felt sick watching it like there's no need for that yeah now now a player has to you know go to work on Monday with you know teeth missing or you know like these players have day jobs right they're not they're not paid professionally. They don't have, you know, huge, you know, medical, um, you know, staff at their disposal to be able to to use. So it's it's um, it's it's ugly. It's it's unfortunate, and it's it's a mark on the game. And as a result, um, you know, uh, uh, the CBR Brave. I've heard have cancelled their exhibition games being held with the Brisbane Lightning. I've heard other things from other teams off the record that they don't appreciate um, some of the things that have happened in, in Brisbane games. And you just have to watch uh, some of the games that the Brisbane Lightning have played. The officiating standard uh, up in up in Queensland is is a different standard to the AIHL. Take that as you wish, but it's yeah, it was an unfortunate incident. Yeah, definitely unfortunate. I, I will say that. Um... I don't think that that was given as the official reasoning for those games being postponed. Um, but I, I think it can be heavily inferred. Um, you know, we, we've obviously got to do our journalistic integrity. Um, you know, we, we can't, unfortunately, we can't definitively say, but it, it can be very much inferred that, you know, correlation equals causation in this case. Um, but, you know, we're not, we're not, we're not, uh, we're not speculating. We're, we're not putting a definitive thing out there. Just, just got to make that absolutely clear so that we don't get sued. We'll, we'll transition now to the, to the under 20s um, who are playing in Mexico. Of course, they went three from three in the group stages. They beat Bosnia-Herzegovina uh, 12-0 on Saturday morning. They beat South Africa 13-1 on 
Sunday morning and they, as in Australia, also beat Turkey uh, 8-1 and that was this morning as we record on Tuesday night. What what have you liked about Australia's campaign so far? So uh, what I've liked is that, um, you know, seven, as of this morning, uh, I haven't, I haven't uh, looked since, but as of this morning, prior to the game against Turkey, Seven of, of the top uh, uh, ten scorers in the in the IIHF competition were Australian, and that is spread uh, amongst the team. Um, I like the fact that they had eleven different goal scorers heading into the match, uh, so that their offense comes from from all four lines, and they're an incredibly fast team. Um, assistant coach Jason Quizler uh, was saying that uh, the the team has been built on speed, so and 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 that's something. They give their opponents a lots of trouble with with their speed. Yeah, it it really has been a a good performance from Australia, and we've seen that a lot um, over, especially on the women's side of things. The last couple of international tournaments um, for the senior women and the uh, and the under eighteen women, that it really has been a lot of dominance from Australia in the group stages, and that things have slowed down a little bit as we get to the finals um, or the, the the latter stages of the tournaments, as we saw um, the senior women, it was a complete round robin and it was complete domination until the Iceland game, whereas uh, like everything slowed down a little bit for the UA teams as it went on and things started to tighten up and teams started playing a little, you know, a more defensive games as you get into those, to the latter stages of the competition. Um, but that might not be the case here. Like, there's been a couple of other small blowout results. Like, it was, uh, like, Turkey beat South Africa 8-2. Um, Israel beat Kyrgyzstan 8-1. But other than that, like, there really has not been a lot of blowouts. It's been a lot of one-goal, two-goal games. Like, do, do you think it's just a matter of Australia being potentially so much better at everyone else? And I'm, I'm going to touch wood here um or is it just like, like what like what do you think has been the cause of that so i mean this is a team that's that's uh you know come second place two tournaments in a row in 2018 and 2019 so certainly you would think that they are at the in the upper part of the competition the only caveat that that i will say is that we haven't seen uh, any of teams from Group A play teams in Group B, so we we, we we're not. It's it's hard to get a gauge on the on the uh, competitive level. Um, there were times uh, for I think any team can be dangerous. You you look at uh, Group A looked like Chinese Taipei after two wins against Israel and Mexico. That um, uh, they were they were playing last place Kyrgyzstan, who got you know destroyed in, in a couple of games, um, and yet Kyrgyzstan has started out. Um, early, they took it to uh, to um, the Chinese Taipei. They were physical, uh, and they ended up winning three to, three to one. So I I think that Australia that message that they will be saying because they play Kyrgyzstan in the next stage is that you cannot allow yourself at this level to start slow in games, to be undisciplined, uh, to take your opponent for granted. Uh, bad things happen when you do so. This this will will be um, uh, no doubt a well uh, coached and well disciplined team uh, in in this second phase of the tournament. 
yeah, I, I I definitely agree with that. Um, by the time that you guys uh, you all listen to this, I believe that um, the the game against Kyrgyzstan will have already happened for Australia. So hopefully, we're coming out on the other side of that with a with a win. Assuming that, well, actually, sorry, we will save this discussion for the third period. The the, the real surprise to me is. My hot take actually kind of came true. I said I predicted the host Mexico were going to go zero from three. Uh, they've gone they've gone one from three, but it's not like they've looked uncompetitive. You know, it was an overtime loss against Israel earlier today. Again, we're recording on Tuesday. Uh, the opening game was a six five shootout loss to Chinese Taipei, and it was a four one victory over Kyrgyzstan. Yeah. So. Um, uh... Jason Quizlow messaged me uh, earlier, uh, this is uh, going back, I think, um, a few days ago, saying that the strongest teams, in his opinion, are Chinese Taipei, uh, Israel and Mexico. And, you know, those those teams, you know, finished top three in, in Group A. Australia hasn't faced them yet. It, it'll, it'll be a challenge. Um, I, I think that Mexico have... Uh, the games that they play, you can hear the crowd. There is... Uh, a massive crowd. It's not like the games that we saw in in uh, home games in in Turkey or Croatia for the women's, where you know there's there's not a, a huge amount of of partisan support. But in Mexico, there's certainly support for the team, um, and the the crowd drove them. They came close to beating Israel today. They took it to overtime, um, but but ended up losing in overtime. But Mexico, I think, are a dangerous team. They'll be they'll be tough to beat with with that home home advantage. Yeah, I, I think it's definitely going to be a case of home home, uh, home ice advantage here just because you, you've had the crowds. You've had the crowds in the game. Uh, that buzzer means that we are out of time for the first period, but don't go anywhere because coming up next in the second period, we have a special guest uh, from the CBR Brave. It is Nick Christensen. Welcome back into the second period here on Net Sticks and Chill, and we are being joined this week by Nick Christensen from the Canberra. Oh, sorry, from the CBR Brave. I've got to get that one right. CBR Brave. Uh, Nick, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. No, it's a, it's a pleasure to have you here. Um, so the CBR have had a a very strong season uh, this year. Like what? Like what's been the key to that? Um. Well, I think like having such a big contingent returning from our 2019 season has been huge, you know, getting Andy and Joey back coming in and then still keeping, you know, even with Wahib moving to Newcastle, keeping him and then the Kubaras, of course, Mitch, just the local contingents always just been really strong in CBR. You, you managed to, uh, to light up Newcastle on the weekend in the, in a couple of games. I think uh, James Downey almost had a Patrick Waugh kind of moment yeah. where the, the coach kind of kept him in the game there and the, in a, in a blowout, um, what what was kind of the message? Because Newcastle had a better points percentage than than you guys heading heading into the match, I believe. Um, what was kind of the message from from the from the coaching staff? Yeah, I think um, you know, looking at the standings, we knew this was probably going to be our our first round finals matchup on the Friday, so we really didn't want to take anything for granted. And plus, the first spot was up for grabs, so why not bring it to them in our own house? It's it's tough to play with us in, in Canberra. It's a small rink no glass, not much room to skate. These guys like to play play a big wide game. So kind of getting on them quickly 
really helped us. And you, you look at all our goals, like so many of them are turnovers in, in their zone and we just kind of capitalize, you know, we'll heave with a stick lift or something. And all of a sudden Mario's got in the back of your net. It's pretty ruthless. And like, I feel bad for James because I think he had like 55 shots on the Saturday. That's, that's, that's tough numbers for any goalie. James is a really good player. It's just can't do much about that. No, you, you definitely can't. Um, are you like, like, I know you guys have only got a handful of games left. Like, are you looking ahead to the finals already or is it take every game as it comes and deal with the finals when, when you get to the finals? Yeah. Like I think we don't want to get too ahead of ourselves. I think that kind of, might've been our downfall in 2019, just constantly thinking about that game. Um, but yeah, I think with just one real fully scheduled game left with the dogs, I think really since that Melbourne Mustangs game last weekend, we've kind of been like, okay, it's really finals prep now. We got to kind of lock it in, figure out what we kind of want to be um, ready for. And then with Garrett coming in, our new import, everything's kind of really solidified. We just need to get the best team we can get on the ice. It's it's going to be three games in three days to determine. Well, sorry, I should say potentially up to three games in three days. Mm-hmm. Uh, you guys look like you're going to finish at the top. Like it doesn't look like anyone's going to catch you there at the top. So potentially, you know, CBL will only have to play two games. Is there anyone that you don't want to face in those two games, or like like you personally, or the side, or have you guys not like like not even looked looked at that yet? Ah. Uh... Like, I don't think we've really thought about, like, particular matchups. Um, to be honest, I really don't like playing all three of those teams that are probably the Mustangs, Bears, or, or Stars. Um, I, yeah, the Stars really gave it to us on that Sunday up at Newcastle. And, you know, with the back-to-backs are hard enough, I can't imagine playing three days in a row. So that Friday is going to be so important just for their body and just how sore. We're not professional athletes. Well, yeah, definitely not. Um, so... Getting that rest in on that Saturday is just going to be so important. I also think Mustangs are a sneaky team. I, I think that, you know, Timmons is so good. Just, yeah, he just can get you when you don't expect it. He easily, I think he put up like five goals against us. So I'm going to say low-key Mustangs don't want to play them. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a fair point. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, the Mustangs, uh, what's what's it like to have uh, two players uh, playing in the AIHL with, you know, NHL experience, so both, both with uh, um, uh, Ty Wishard and, and, and with uh, Scott Timmons. Yeah, um, definitely something you have to look out for. Like, even in our game plans, we're kind of like, okay, you know, Wishart comes up the ice, usually makes always a great outlet pass. And, you know, Timmons is swinging. He's going to catch you. He's, got, he's faster than you. So got to play position. Like, kind of got to break him down as a unit. And it's great just for the game. And it's great for like the notoriety of the sport. Like in Australia, it's just grown so much. And then us having Climby and then Jesse coming in in 2019, just the quality they bring and just the professionalism and experience. It's just, it helps your practices. They'll just pass on some knowledge here or there. It can be disheartening at times, you know, when practice is going against them and, and Climby's just like kind of moving his pad two inches to the left and stopping you, not even giving you the time of day, but definitely gives you something to strive for. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh- do, do you view it as as a challenge? Like, uh, do you kind of relish those opportunities when when you see Timmons coming coming down the ice, you know, towards you, or or is is that kind of a you know a, a, an oh no kind of moment? I think it's it's a it's a mixture of both. I think it gets you excited to play against somebody of that quality. Like, 
yeah, you're a competitor. You want to see what you can do against the player who's played in the NHL. That's, that's always like, that's always what a competitor wants to play against the best people you can. But there's definitely times when like I'm skating backwards and I see him in full flight. I'm like, yeah, this is not going to be good. Like he's blown by me one way or the other. So just pray I can get a stick on something and maybe knock the puck loose. So yeah, mixed bag for sure. Uh, your elite prospects page has you listed as a forward, but you play as a defenseman and it also has you listed as Australian, but your surname is Danish, correct? Yeah, definitely. Um, both are a bit incorrect, you know, Canadian in, in nationality and, and definitely a defenseman. Don't think I've played a game of forward in quite a bit of time. Um, so that was all means that it's time for the penalty kill. So our penalty kill is a bunch of rapid, quick-fire questions that we just use to help us and our get as and our listeners get to know the guests better. So we'll jump mm. straight into it. Our uh, favorite band? Um, can I say an individual or is it like? No, go for it. Okay, I might go. Um, Frank Ocean. Nice. Uh, favorite karaoke song? Oh, I sang. Um, what was it? God damn! Give me two seconds. Say it ain't so by Weezer the other time at karaoke and I loved it. It was it was a good time. Definitely rate that one. <laughs> Would you sing that one again? A hundred percent. The little screaming at the end, just uh, <laughs> give it all I got. Just hoarse voice the next day. <laughs> nice uh, favorite snack food. I uh, I'm a sucker for those slabs of dairy milk, like the the huge ones that you get from Coles for like two for five bucks. Love those. <laughs> uh, favorite meal. I, I'm a burger guy. Strictly love them. Anything burgers. Mm-hmm. Uh, what? What? Uh, this isn't usually part of the penalty kill, but you, you said burger, and that's very open to interpretation. Mm-hmm. What's your? What does your ideal burger look like? Oh, that's a good point. Um, there's a few burgers that I burger joints I love in Toronto. The Burgers Priest in Toronto. It's it's just elite. You like order behind a confession screen, and you say like you know the the original the Vatican or whatever, and it's it's great. I love it. Um, that's that's got to be up there. And then there's this uh, place in Canberra, Broad Burger. Love it. Of course, Grease Monkey makes the meanest dirty chicken burger I love. So it is a variety. It's, it's, it's got to be in the mood for each. Uh, what's your favorite travel destination? Um, I went to Iceland one time. That was pretty incredible. I think I'll have to go Iceland. Mm-hmm. Uh, favorite book? Um, okay. I read The uh, Gentleman in Moscow recently. Really liked that. Um, thought it was really interesting. Favorite movie? I'm gonna go uh, Grand Budapest Hotel. Yeah. What about TV show? Oh, can I say like pr- first six seasons of Game of Thrones? Let's exclude the last <laughs> one. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you can. That, 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 that's okay. going to. Uh, I, I think that's a pretty consensus opinion amongst everyone who's watched Game of Thrones. Uh, favorite mm. Simpsons character. Um, I've always been impartial to, um, oh, what's his name? Um, the owner of the factory who's like really mischievous. He always just gives me a chuckle. I forget his name though. The nuclear power plant owner. Oh, he's the nose. Burns? Yeah, Burns? Burns. Exactly. Love him. Uh, mm. what's the best rink that you've ever played at? I got to play at the, uh, Rico Coliseum where the Marley's played out a few times. Uh, pretty incredible arena. I think it, it's like an old neo-gothic like building that those are markets. Yeah, it's definitely highly recommend going to a Marley's game there. 
Yeah, for those, um, well, obviously we don't do a video version of this podcast. If everyone's listening, uh, Gordon's eyes just absolutely lit up at at that answer, being a Toronto native himself. Um, ah. <laughs> what's what's the worst rink that you've ever played at? Philip. <laughs> uh, what is your favorite sport besides ice hockey, and why? Ah. Uh... I'm going to say uh, soccer or football, you know, same, what, what you, whatever you guys prefer here. But, yeah, I used to play a lot. It was always like hockey in the winter and the soccer in the summer. And, yeah, I lived in England for a year, so I got to go to some Arsenal games, and that's always kind of my team. What um, what position did you play? I played left back, so same kind of so deal. Defense, yeah. defense, yep. Exactly. Um, and our last question in the penalty kill, and this one always divides opinion. What is your favorite flavor of shapes? Oh, I had the pizza one recently. I, I rated that. I, yes. Yeah. Gordon finally gets one on the board. Uh, what was the so option? many pizza? chicken crimpies, Nick. No. You wouldn't believe it. So that is the end of the penalty kill. How, how did you discover ice hockey? Uh, probably from birth, like my parents were both big fans. My dad didn't play, um, but he always wanted to play as a kid. And then my mom was a big figure skater. And so honestly, earliest memories I have was like being in the basement with like the little mini sticks and growing up on there. I think I started when I was four. I was on the ice when I was like three. So it's been always part of my life. <laughs> was, was there a, I know you've had a, a bit of a different kind of career path. Uh, what what was the point where, where you thought I'd, I'd like to play for for a team like uh you know uh, to to do this as as a sport? Um, yeah, I, I can't even tell you. Like it was um, it was just like so early. Like I did these these camps like when I was young called these like Bill Richardson's camps in Toronto and Lee Side Arena, and I went the first time, and my parents were like, oh okay, like we'll see how you go, but I was hooked. Like. I wouldn't take off the gear when I was home. I just loved it. Everything I wanted to do was hockey, just hockey, hockey, hockey. Like I'd go to elementary school, I'd play hockey at the school team. I'd go after to the rink outside the elementary school and then I'd go play rep. And it was just like, that's, that's all I did for so much. Mm -hmm. So um, when, when you're, when you're playing like street hockey, you know, mm -hmm. you're, you're thinking, pretending that you're someone scoring the, the game winning goal mm -hmm. in, in game seven of the Stanley cup. Who are you and who are you playing for at that moment? Uh, that's easy. Um, it was always uh, Daryl Sittler for the Leafs. I had this children's book where Daryl, this kid got these tickets, this uh, Leafs game for to see, watch Daryl Sittler. And that was just, that was the guy, 27, Leaf legend, just had to go with him. You got to play one season in the IHL before, before COVID struck. Mm -hmm. How difficult was that to deal with? And did you consider walking away over COVID? Um, definitely. Like the way I got to play my last season, like it was so unexpected. Um, I think I got my permanent residency allowance to play like within a week before, after the season started. So I was just so hopped up. I could even play. And yeah, I was, I, of course I was bummed when COVID hit, but um, I, w I was so keen. I, I trained a lot in the off season, um, loved it. Tried to get on the ice as much as I could. I fill up shut down for like 10 months. I felt like for, um, for renovations, not that it helped, but it did. Um, but now I, I think it was honestly the more enthusiasm than ever, especially with that McCormick cup, just getting that little taste before it got shut down again. And I was, I was really keen to start the season.
Uh, if if we're, we're going to put you in a, a GM shoes, GM slash mm -hmm. player shoes, very rare. Uh, yeah. So you get to draft a, a starting team of six from any era. Oh. Um, so you're you're already in the lineup. You're on lefty. I have. Um, I'm off. So you, you've, me. You've, you've you've got to surround yourself with with five other players, three forwards, uh, another defenseman, and a goalie uh, from any era. Uh, who are you choosing? Oh, I feel like I'm so impartial. Like the current era, I don't feel like I watch much, but I'll go Matthews at center for sure. Just as a Leafs fan, have to support the man. Um, I'm gonna go Kale McCarr on right D, just electric. Honestly, the best player to watch. Uh, I might go Pavel Bure on the wing. Spicy on the right wing. I think he was right wing. And then, um, of course, Datsuk was like my childhood here on the left. Ah, uh, and Tendi. Uh, I might go Hashik. Get the check in there. Mm -hmm. that's, a, that's a solid team. That's a solid team. Mm -hmm, yeah. Mm -hmm. They match it with the best. Um, you, you mentioned that uh, Sittler was your, was your favorite kind of player that, that you pretended to be growing up. Mm -hmm. Do you have like a, a certain player that, that you look at that you try to emulate your game after? Yeah, like to, to a degree, I think like I'm a big Leafs fan. And so like I just watched the Leafs a ton. Um, as much as like I'd like to be Morgan Riley, definitely don't have the wheels for that. So I'm going to say uh, JT Miller. Not JT Miller, what am I saying? J uh, TJ Brody. Just He's just solid. Like, makes good outlet passes every time. Almost, like, invisible, but, like, always steady. Um, I think it's just, like, a role I can do. the thing I can do in this league. And so it's somebody I like to watch. What Like, what do you think is the most pressing issue within ice hockey in Australia and why? Um, yeah, like, being part of the community for a while. Um, I feel like it's so hard, especially in Canberra, I don't know how it is in other states, but to develop players in this league, um, it's just, there's not a lot of, it's not a great facility. Um, it's not a great youth scene. Um, and you know, as a, as a parent, I feel like, you know, why would I spend so much money investing in ice hockey for my kid in Canberra when there's just AFL, which is way cheaper, way better community in, in just makes more sense to me i'm not driving five hours every weekend to every game probably just that development but i do think like most of the kids on my team or people who've like grown up in the canberra area and are, are at a good ice hockey it's almost like their parents have been involved in it to some extent like i think of kai i think of like the york brothers i think of dorney um like you just i think you have to have that like parental investment willing to like really support you through that kind of adolescent stage that where you can kind of start getting into the the AI shell and get into more, you know, those U18 camps really sucker you in. And I feel like once you're kind of there, you're, you're pretty invested. It's just that kind of that mid tween stage. I feel like most kids drop off. So, so with the, oh, yep. Sorry. No, no, sorry. sorry. You go, Gordon, you go. No, no, I was, I was just going to say putting a solution cap on you. Um, if, if you had the, the power to kind of change uh, mm -hmm. something, um, uh, what, what would you change uh, and why? With, with the sport, to grow the sport in Australia? Um, to grow it. Like, of course, it would be, like, easy to say, like, get new rinks, but I think that's, that's probably, like, well, in Canberra, hopefully it will eventually happen. Um, that's, that's a good question. I'd probably say get more, like, parents involved. 
I think because if you get more parents involved or get more parents playing ice hockey, I think it would eventually. So maybe getting better leagues, um, supporting. Well, I think like in Canberra, the senior leagues are kind of wild. Just in, it's it's a bit of a it's a bit of a gong show. You know, you need to know a friend. It's not like balanced or anything. It's 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 kind of crazy to be honest. But yeah, I think if we, if somehow you can get more parents and adults playing, I think that'd be better for the sport overall. What is like like so you've played for the CBR for two seasons now. Mm-hmm. What what's the end goal for you? Like like what do you want to get out of your career? Um I'd love a good all cup. I think that's number one, especially thinking we're having it in 2019 and getting that stripped from us really hurt. So that's that's priority one. Um yeah, I'd I think my goal for so many, like for the last year or two in COVID was just to get regular minutes and just to be involved and just to be a player you can rely on. I think I'm getting close to that. So end goal for now, maybe I have to think of a new one, but maybe Australian national team down the line. I think it's, it's a tough team to crack and being realistic, it's probably an outside shot, but hey, might as well give it a go. Mm-hmm. So you're prepared to uh, burn the Canadian citizenship up and, and fully defect? I, is it? Do I have to burn the whole thing? I'm not uh, I think sure. you, you can be you can be dual citizen, but uh, okay. I, I think as soon as you uh, represent for a national team for a senior team, and you know that's that's oh. it. You've, you've, you've yeah. put all your eggs in, in the one basket. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't think I'm going to be making the Canadian national team anytime soon. I think we're good. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think that there's um there, there's just a couple of guys floating around. I don't know. I, I think McDavid is that his name? Like like I, I think yeah, that's going to be a tough though. lineup to crack into. Yeah, yeah, but he's not on D. You know, like true, he, true, he's true. A forward. You don't have to worry about him. So mm-hmm. let's let's not be a naysayer, Stephen. Like yeah, you know, there's only ten other ten thousand other guys who probably could take my spot prior. But that's all right. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's okay. You just got to beat out ten thousand other people. That, that's not exactly. Impossible. Um, you know, you know, I can Tanya Hardy and the rest of them, you know. Exactly. <laughs> uh, speaking, speaking of which, um, uh, a, a slightly controversial event. I think um, some fans may be aware on the weekend uh, exhibition match between the Brisbane uh, Lightning and the Sydney Bears. There was a borderline kind of hit by Moncrief, which didn't lead to an injury to the other player, and the other player. Uh, cross-checked Moncrief in the face and, um, mm-hmm. you know, snapped his stick and, and you know, uh, his mouth, you know, Moncrief's mouth was was bleeding on the ice. Um, the Sydney Bears, as a result, walked out of that game. Mm-hmm. From a player's perspective, so there's fans who are throwing all, all sorts of things around. Did you did you see it? What's, what's kind of your reaction to that? Yeah, yeah, I did see it. Um... Like, to be honest, I thought that first hit by Moncrief was, like, pretty dog, to be honest. Like, it looked like a kid with a cage, and he got his hands in his face. So I think, like, I'd expect somebody to kind of come over and, you know, ruffle some feathers. But, yeah, not not a great look. The cross-check, like, he broke his stick over his teeth. That's 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 way past the pale. So, no, that was not great. Um, and, the, yeah, I understand, I guess, the Bears walking off after that. Um, it is an exhibition game. And I, I don't know anything, but I think the buzz has been always that they've been pretty violent games, the games against the Lightning. We haven't played them, of course, but so I think there's definitely some skepticism, like for us potentially playing them in the future. Like, do we want to do that prior to finals? Do we want to like risk injury? Um, but yeah, you never want to see a guy get hurt like that. And 
I don't know if it was like malicious, like you wanted to hit him in the face, right in the teeth, but that is the end result. And that's, that's just not good for anyone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's, yeah, it was a, was a bit of a, a mark on the, on the game, unfortunately. Um, mm-hmm. But um, yeah, looking ahead to finals, we, we certainly wish you all the best for, for finals. Um, you know, if, and unless my Sydney ice dogs are there, and, yeah. in which case, you know, <laughs> we're going for the upset. Who knows, um, man? Yeah, <laughs> crazy knows? things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but no, that's. Uh, did you have anything else, uh, Stephen? No, I, I'm. I'm absolutely good. Uh, is there anything that you wanted to touch on that we didn't touch on, Nick? Or no, um, nothing crazy. But uh, I will do a shout out to Scott Stevenson, and for, and the Cave Dwellers for sponsoring me. Uh, they've been really great, and you know, it's been um, it's been a lot of fun. So shout out to Scott Stevenson with Cave Dwellers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, they're they're the trivia team, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah They yeah. Su- they support Men's Link, um, and it's kind of crazy that you know they they're supporting me. I feel like we should be supporting them in Men's Link. It's a great charity, and you know the Brave have done some work with them in the past, and definitely go check them out, sponsor them if you can. That that'd be awesome. Mm-hmm. We yeah, will no. post a link to that in um in our social media posts um, when we put out the when we put out the new episode post that we do every week. But that buzzer means that we are out of time for the second period. So, Nick, thank you very much for joining us this evening. No, thank you guys for having me. Really appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Welcome in to the third period, everyone. Uh, we once again thank Nick for joining us. But our topic for this week, we need to focus on the latter stages of the under-20s tournament, which Australia is currently competing in, going three from three in the group stages. They have themselves a semi, uh, sorry, a quarterfinal matchup against Kyrgyzstan, the lowest-placed team from the opposite side of the draw. How do you see this game playing out? I see Kyrgyzstan trying to do what they did against Chinese Taipei. So um, trying to be aggressive, trying to intimidate the uh, the Australian team, uh, trying to bully their way into the net, almost as it were. So um, I think Australia will need to be disciplined. They had set targets prior to the tournament about you know only taking four minutes worth of penalties per match. They are above that number by by a bit, but they've maintained a 100% penalty kill and scored two shorthanded goals. So that's um, certainly not terrible. But as the competition gets tougher, the margins of error become slimmer. You need to make sure that that you are addressing those those areas of concern. So I, I would I would assume that Australia relies on their speed uh, to be able to to frustrate the, the uh, Kyrgyzstan in possession. Um, I am predicting a, a big Australian win personally, uh, not to put any pressure on them. But hey, they'll get the recording after the match. Um, but yeah, good good luck to to Australia. I think it'll, it'll be a, a good match. Right, so, assuming that it is a victory over Kyrgyzstan, how do how do we see the rest of the tournament playing out for Australia? Because they'll face the winner of Turkey and Mexico in a semi-final, assuming that victory against Kyrgyzstan. Um, I guess looking at that, looking at that Turkey Mexico match, like who do you think is going to come out of that, and what can Australia expect out of the winner in the semi-final? I would be surprised if Turkey comes out of that match as the winners. Uh, to be honest, uh, I think Australia 
um, will likely be facing Mexico. I think Mexico will be too strong at home and, and too strong uh, as a team against, against Turkey. Um, you know, upsets do happen, but, you know, if, if we're being forced to make predictions, I'm going to predict it's going to be Australia v. Mexico in that semifinal. And then I guess, how do, how do you see that? Um, how do you see the Australia-Mexico game in the semifinal playing out? So I, I think Australia, to be successful, will need to score early uh, within the first 10 minutes, uh, take the crowd out of the game, uh, and and put put pressure on them. We've we've seen them uh, do that this tournament where they where they're relentless. Uh, I I think they're going to need to do that against Mexico, and they may not get the results that they that they have enjoyed against other teams. Which no disrespect to them, but I think you can look at them and say that they're lower level teams. Um, so I think that they'll need to you know remain remain focused. But again, I I I see Australia having the advantage. And then I guess looking at the other side of the bracket, we've got Chinese Taipei against South Africa and Israel versus uh, Bosnia Herzegovina. We'll start with the Chinese Taipei and South Africa game. How do you see that one playing out? Uh, I think Chinese Taipei are, are going to dominate that game. They played their backup goaltender against Kyrgyzstan, so you know they um, to to give him some experience. I, I don't imagine that we'll see uh, an upset. Uh, I believe the team will have gotten a, a bit of a jolt uh, by uh, after being beat by Kyrgyzstan. But this is Chinese Taipei were in, in a higher division and have been relegated to this division. So we know that they are a, a quality side. Um, so I, I would expect, you know, especially after seeing South Africa and their games this tournament, they they finished last in the group um, for for a reason. And I guess we can expect the same thing um, out of Israel against Bosnia-Herzegovina, the, the Group A side beating the Group B side, and that's going to be the semi-final Chinese Taipei versus Israel? Yeah, I, I, I would assume so. Israel have looked strong, so um, uh, I, I, I would be surprised, again, for those same reasons um, that the level of Bosnia-Herzegovina from the games that we've seen and the level of Israel, you, you would have to, the, the money would have to be on Israel to win. So we'll look ahead to that semi-final now. Um, Chinese Taipei versus Israel, as we have it, that's not the actual semi-final. They're still going to play the games out. You know, things aren't decided on paper. Assuming that that is the semi-final, how, how do you see that one playing out? Yeah, so that's that's a tough one. Um, I think in the... In the first match of the tournament, um, or the sorry, the the first time that these teams played, Chinese Taipei uh, came out six to four winners. So, um, by no means convincing. I would perhaps lean towards Israel pulling off an upset uh, and, and perhaps making it into the gold medal match. If I'm forced to make a prediction, that'll be my prediction. But it could very easily uh, be Chinese Taipei going through. And for the Australia v Mexico game, I'm guessing we're going to pencil Australia in for the gold medal match. Uh, I I would I would think so. I would hope so. I think this team uh, is uh, the the amount of work that they're doing and preparation that they're putting in is is quite impressive. Not that other teams aren't putting in that pre preparation work, but the skill that they have to marry up with that is uh, pretty pretty special. I think this team is is going to 
make it to the gold medal match. Yeah, when we spoke to Jason Quizler a few weeks ago, uh, he he very bluntly put it: the goal going over is to win. So I I would I would imagine that that is the goal for Australia. It's go over and it's win the gold medal. It's like I don't want to say anything less would be a disappointing campaign, but I I think that they will feel a little bit hard done by if they don't pull pull it off. Uh, I don't think we'll look ahead just uh, just to the the last two games, the bronze medal and the gold medal game, just because there's too many variables to predict in there. Like, you know, there's every chance it's Israel pulling off an upset against Chinese Taipei. Like, there could be another upset along the way. Like, well, we've gone through our we're going through our back to the semi-finals, and then from there, it it literally looks like it would just be a you know a a jumbled. It looks like it could just be a jumbled mess. So I think we'll probably leave that there. You know, the the, the Melbourne Ducks, uh, and then we'll transition to the PHL just to finish off the show here just for a little bit. We touched on it in the first period. The, the Melbourne Ducks have sealed home ice advantage in the grand final. Uh, the, the PHL grand final was always going to be at um, Ice HQ. That was announced. But the, the Melbourne Ducks have made it through to the grand final after after their victory on the weekend. How we, we've seen it in the under-20s tournament here with Mexico, just how much the home ice advantage has started to play into it. Can we, can we expect something similar with the, with the Melbourne Ducks? Well, it'll be interesting, uh, won't it? Like, we, we haven't really seen a, a new league. Like it, it's a new league. We, ha- we haven't seen a final series. We haven't seen the impact. We haven't seen the, the fan support uh, in a finals, like, to be able to, to compare it to as, as far as how much an advantage there is. There is going to decidedly be an advantage. Um, yeah, it, it'll it'll be interesting. I think it, it is an advantage, but uh, also uh, these these teams have have you know one beaten each other away throughout the season uh, at, at various points. So Melbourne have have earned that right. They've earned the right to to host the grand final. Um, let's let's see how they go. It'll it'll be a fascinating series and a, a fascinating best of you know. I'm I'm glad that they that they're not doing just a one and done. Uh, this will be a first for the sport, so good for them. Yeah, in the best of three, I can imagine that the I can imagine that the home ice advantage might be diminished a little bit, but it might also be um, it might also be amplified. There's, it's really going to be hard to tell how how that's going to play play into things. But that buzzer means that we are out of time for the third period and we are out of time for this week's show. I actually think this might be the shortest show we've ever done, Gordon. Well, you know, short on uh, in length, but but not in quality. We're uh, we're still we're still um, you know putting things on the scoreboard. We're uh, our our uh, advanced analytics are, are, are good. I feel so. Well done to us. Yes, well done to us. We uh, it's definitely it's a shorter shorter episode, but packed in with plenty of content, and we hope that you have enjoyed every single bit of it. Just a reminder: you can follow us on um, on our socials on Twitter and Instagram at netsticks underscore chill, uh, where we post all our new episodes around 
uh, you can also subscribe to us wherever you're listening to this. If you aren't already subscribed, uh, leave a rating, please. It helps us get higher in the search algorithm so that we can have this podcast introduced to more and more wonderful people to help us grow the sport here in Australia. Um, only, only leave a rating if you like it. Only leave a rating <laughs> if you like it. Well, if we're going to go down that route, only leave a rating if you like chicken crimpies and make sure to specify that you like chicken crimpies in, in the rating. Um, no, no, no. Like, like we, we want to help we want to help grow this so like give us a rating you know give us five stars anything less than four stars you can like be like the uber drive you've got to give us five stars or else we're going to drop you off you know 5k short of your destination um <laughs> no but like in all seriousness we we want to help this podcast grow and become and help grow the sport in australia and by highlighting all these fantastic interviews that we've already done so far that that will allow us to do it and that will help us you know, get more guests on and bring it to more people and slowly but surely we can help in our section of the world help grow this sport in this in this country that we all call home here in Australia. As I said, that will do us for this week. For Gordon Good Enough, my name is Stephen Fletty. Thank you for listening and we will talk to you next week.